Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. <laughs> Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 26th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed the blueprint for liberty that we follow, the supreme law of the land. That's important to understand, ladies and gentlemen. They want you to believe that we're somehow anti-government, that we're somehow extreme, that we're somehow uh, not in the mainstream, that we advocate for things that are, well, just kind of crazy, uh, inappropriate, wrong-headed, something of that nature. It's an absolute lie, ladies and gentlemen. We are one of the most conservative organizations on the planet. Understand that? Understand it very, very clearly. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, I know I sound horrible. I get it. Here's the deal. This is my third time of getting COVID. <laughs> it's just like, what are you saying, Sam? You're right. What am I saying? I'm telling you the truth. The first time I had COVID was in January 2020. And um, there was no real way to test if you had COVID then. And, of course, I didn't even know it was COVID then. I just knew that I got really sick. I knew that it was hard to breathe, and I knew that my lungs hurt for several weeks. And then I slowly kind of got better. The problem is I had all kinds of side effects, all kinds of, now I learn, they call it long-haul symptoms, and it was brutal. <clears throat> and I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't think it related to me being sick at all. I just thought, man, something's wrong. And so I went to a bunch of doctors. I went literally to a battery of physicians. And we did all kinds of different tests and all kinds of different things. And we could not figure out what was wrong with me. Uh, long story short, while we were in the middle of all that, because I had problems with my lungs, I had problems with breathing, I had a super sore neck, I had a super sore jaw, I had all kinds of problems and we just couldn't figure it out. And I went to alternative doctors and standard medical physicians. And when I went through all this, it was kind of, uh, you know, scary because I thought, man, what is wrong with me? Well, anyway, while I was in the middle of this process, I literally end up getting Bell's palsy. One side of my face started to totally droop. My eyes started to water. I couldn't talk. I looked weird. I kind of thought, man, this is almost stroke-like at first. So I go to another physician again, and they came back and said, well, you have Bell's palsy. It's not the end of the world. For most people, it'll go away in, you know, four to ten weeks. Just hang tight. Don't worry about it. And, but I thought, you know what? I, I don't even know that I can go on the radio. I'm not able to speak properly. Uh, this is just disaster for me. But I prayed, and I worked at it, and I continued to go to different physicians. And I was super tired. Uh, and as things got worse, um, I started to need to uh, have oxygen. <laughs> and I started to, uh, I got a physician who said, you know what, Sam, why don't you just do oxygen for like 15 minutes, like three times a day and stuff. So I started doing that and that helped a little bit. And I started to just realize that I'm just not well. I can't deal with this. And so I started to sleep a lot more. 
and that helped quite a bit. And then I went to an alternative dentist, and they came back and said, Sam, you know what? You have um, problems with these cavities, uh, and you need what's called cavitation surgery. And what happens is when they take out your wisdom teeth or they take out uh, different cavities or whatever that you have and replace them or update them or whatever they do, sometimes what happens is the seal uh, breaks, and so you get an infection. And so anyway, uh, I had this surgery, and they said this probably happened a long, long time ago. And what happens is the infection gets trapped in your body, but yet it's contained because it's sealed. And you don't even know it, but if something happens to you, you get sick or something else, it can release that infection. Anyway, long story short, I got that all squared away. And that helped, and I thought things were getting a lot better, and they were. But then I still had problems breathing. I still had problems with my neck. I still had problems with um, energy and, and just being absolutely tired, just couldn't handle it kind of stuff. And I still didn't understand that it was related to, to the first COVID problems. And so I told people that I thought I had COVID, and everybody laughed at me, and they were like, Sam, COVID wasn't even around then. Come on now. you." And But then we study, and we find out more and more that COVID was around then that more people had it than they had previously thought, that COVID had come out literally uh, in 2019, more like the summer and the fall. Uh, and people laughed at me when I brought that up, but then evidence came out that the Chinese lab people were very sick <clears throat> in like the summer, mid-2019 and stuff like that. And then we start getting evidence that, you know what, it was around in January. And, and so I don't know that I had COVID the first time because again, there was no real way to test. Well, later I take a antibody test as part of my diagnosis to try to figure out what's going on, what's wrong with me, what's happening. Uh, and the test came back and said negative. You don't have the antibodies. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I didn't have COVID. Maybe I just thought I did. But when you study, you find out that a lot of the symptoms that I'm having, continued trouble breathing, super tired, uh, they're long-haul symptoms of COVID. And then you realize that COVID and the vaccines can create Bell's palsy. And so you get more and more anecdotal evidence that I probably did have COVID the first time, even though the antibody test was negative. And I still was conflicted about that, but I talked to many physicians and they said, Sam, you should go get a different antibody test because, man, those are a lot of times those tests are bogus. You should go get another one. I never did. However, I never got well either. And they came back and diagnosed me with a bunch of different problems. They did a sleep study on me and came back and said, Sam, you have severe apnea. You know, you have severe sleep problems. And, you know, you, uh, they call it, what is it, AH8, uh, AH or whatever. It's basically incidences per minute or whatever per hour. And anyway, it came back so severe. They're like, Sam, if you don't get on a CPAP or on some kind of other piece of equipment, or do something, you're going to flat out die. And this is really bad. you got to do something. Well, no wonder I'm super tired, right? Not getting enough sleep. And so we do something about that. We've been working on my health for quite some time. And we do all these different things. We go to a lung specialist. And they do all these lung tests on me. They come back and they say, your lungs are great, Sam. Then I'm thinking, why can't I breathe? What's going on? We finally get to all the right physicians. And they do a CAT scan of my neck and of my shoulders. 
uh, and of my head, and they come back and they go, Sam, you have severe neck problems. You have a severe case of cervical spinal stenosis, a severe case. In other words, it's so bad, Sam, if you don't do something about it, you're going to be paralyzed. So I find out the surgery is over $32,000, and I go, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, and I find out, in addition to that, that they've got to conduct the surgery from the front of your body, not the back of your body. And what they do is they go in through your neck. And they say, don't worry, we move your um, vocal cords out of the way so that we can go ahead and do this surgery. And so we stretch those out of the way and we don't worry. You won't be able to talk for six to eight weeks very well. Uh, and, you know, most of the time your voice comes back, Sam. And I'm going, wait the heck a minute. I don't know that I'm going to do this, right? I don't know that I'm going to, you know. <laughs> and so I think about this and I go, you know what? I'm just not doing surgery. Because then I study about this and it turns out that, hey, the work they have to do for me is serious. And they put a bunch of your spine, spinal I don't, I don't know what it's called. But anyway, they put the different sections of your spine together with metal and different things. Uh, and that helps protect the neck and protect from uh, g getting paralyzed. But what it does is it eventually creates more stress above and below where they've done this work. Right? And so then eventually you just get problems above or below it. And so I start researching this and I think, you know what? The risks are too great for this surgery. Too great that it won't turn out well. Too great that, you know what, I might solve one problem and end up with another that may be worse. Or I might, and so I decide I'm not going to do this surgery. So I go to these alternative medical professionals. They're called Nuka chiropractors. chiropractors uh, and these are soft touch people. They basically take imaging and then they make tiny, tiny adjustments uh, to your body. But over time, they train your body or teach your body uh, to be in alignment. And they start with the atlas. In other words, the first vertebra or whatever right below your uh, your brain. It controls your brain stem and all this kind of stuff. And it's called the atlas. And they get that centered. And they say over time, the rest of your back will come in line. Well, that's all true. And I've done a lot of that now. And it's helped, it's helped quite a bit. But it hasn't totally solved the problems at all. And you say, well, Sam, what the heck is cervical spinal stenosis in the first place? And when you say you have a severe case, what does that mean? Well, I've done a lot of study on this. And so I know a whole lot more what it means now. And uh, the break's coming up. I'm going to take the break, come back, and talk about what that means in detail. But severe cervical spinal stenosis is a serious problem. And you say, well, Sam, that's not a problem that's caused by the COVID. Somehow you're, you, know, you went off the tracks with your discussion. No, 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 no. We'll get back to it. I'll make sense out of it. Hang tight. I know this is a long Sam Bushman help update, and some people may say, who cares, Sam? Get to the news. <laughs> look, Russia invaded Ukraine. Did you know that? But look, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Did you know that? I understand that. We'll get to all the news, too, okay? But I think this health update is really important to understand, uh, and we'll talk about it. You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. 
For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I know I'm not sounding as strong as normal, but I'm talking about my health update. It's been a long, long haul scenario, to say the least. Pardon the pun. But so I believe I had COVID the first time in 2020, and I believe it because I got Bell's palsy from it, and I've got long haul symptoms like you wouldn't believe. And uh, so this spinal stenosis that I'm talking about, this cervical spinal stenosis, is really rough stuff. And it can be brought on by three different possible things. One, uh, hereditary stuff, and I do believe I have some of that. Narrowing in the bones and stuff like that. Two, it can be brought on by uh, trauma to the neck, you know, accidents and that kind of stuff. And three, by COVID, believe it or not can increase it you know the effects on the body from COVID is still completely um, misunderstood and they're gaining ground on it but man from Bell's palsy to all kinds of illnesses uh, COVID can really affect your nervous system can really affect your nerves and your um, whole body functions it's it's incredible when you study and learn about this over time anyway so long story short I decided I'm not getting this cervical um, surgery and I decided that I'm going to do this NUCA or natural chiropractic stuff, which has made a tremendous difference. But it's not enough. There's still increasing pain and problems from this serious issue. So now, you know, Sam Bush, when you got all these problems, you got these sleep problems, you got these uh, uh, long haul problems from COVID or from something, you've got these incredible neck problems where you're very likely to be paralyzed. And, you know, so all this is going on. So I'm living life and trying to recover and deal from that for the first bout of COVID. And I get the second bout 
or second COVID attack. And the second one is brutal, right? In the second COVID, I do take a test, several tests, in fact. They come back positive, so I know it's COVID. We're told that it's the Delta version this time, okay? The first one was what, original COVID? What do they call that, alpha? Uh, Anyway, so Delta comes along. I test positive for that for sure. And then it goes on. And then what happens, I get super, super sick. So I I deal with COVID fine for about the first 10, 12 days. And my body's handling it, and I'm fighting it, and I think that I'm getting better. Well, I don't know scientifically how all this goes down, but then all of a sudden, while I think I'm getting better, I think I'm rallying, I think I'm rebounding, I think I got this, I think I'm getting near the end of being sick, and all of a sudden, it absolutely tanks just goes off a cliff i get to where i can't breathe i get on oxygen literally full time i get to where if i take off my oxygen my oxygen levels go to like 70 65 in literally 10 seconds i can't survive without oxygen i'm so tired so listless so uh lack of energy so uh, almost i can barely get out of bed my body's hurting. I can barely, barely stagger to go to the restroom. So I go to the hospital. Yeah, I know all the conservatives say don't go to the hospital. But look, when you get that sick, you can say don't go to the hospital all day. Uh, but you're going to do whatever you need to do because otherwise you're going to be dead. And so I go to the hospital and <clears throat> they give me several different things. They give me uh, what are called lactated ringers and i don't know if you know what lactated ringers are but it's basically like an iv and it's kind of like um the saline solution most people get but this is a whole lot more it's got all kinds of different things in it that really help rehydrate you and bring back energy and restore uh, vitality to a great degree so they give me a bunch of these lactated ringers and it makes a huge difference when i come in there where i can hardly even move and After the lactated ringers and stuff like this, I get pretty stable and good. And uh, so they eventually, because I have oxygen at home, listen carefully to me, ladies and gentlemen, all these things that I'm telling you have a purpose. It's not really to just share my life with everybody in the world, although I do consider the radio audience my dear family. The true listeners that have been with me year in and year out for radio, I consider them friends and family. That's why I'm live on many holidays as well. Because I consider you loved ones and family, and I want to spend time with you. And even in the uh, most precious of times, I spend it on the radio. Because I don't look at it as, you're a fan, and I'm a rock star. And No, I look at us as we're true friends. And hopefully listening to me has a relationship beyond some fan-based kind of a discussion. I believe we are truly standing for the sacred cause of liberty together. This is, this is personal. This is real. This is serious. This is... Uh, something to me that really is meaningful your prayers for me as we go through the different things together i pray for you listeners uh and you know what there's a relationship here a familial bond that uh you know what i believe started in heaven before we ever got here we may not have known each other but we've had this fight for liberty mentality and belief in our hearts and in our souls and that brings us together as children of god like nobody's business right 
Anyway, so I think of you as a whole lot more than just a fan or an unknown person. Or a, You know what? We may, may not know each other well personally. You may have never even met me. But I hope we have this bond of what we're accomplishing together. Uh, and that transcends <clears throat> a lot of the day-to-day relationships, whether they be online uh, or whether they be uh, virtual or whether they be physical or in person or whatever. I, I believe that the relationships of what we're accomplishing together are beyond all that. They even tie us back to the founding fathers as one great liberty-loving, liberty-fighting family, fighting for the sacred cause of liberty, right? Anyway, I digress. But I'm telling you, that. so I spend this time. So I'm not telling you all this because I want to really divulge all my personal health information, but I do believe many of our listeners, many many friends out there, um, deserve an explanation. You hear me come on the air and I can hardly talk, and I power through it, and then pretty soon I sound not so bad, right? And you kind of wonder, what is up with that? Uh, I skip days on the radio sometimes, and you go, man, what happened to him? Well, you know what? Um, it's, it's all these health issues that I'm describing to you. So anyway, long story short, I get COVID the second time. I get all these tests going on, right? Uh, and the tests say, yep, he's got COVID. And so it gets really bad, and I literally ended up going to the hospital twice. And I almost died. And I don't... You know, my kids laugh at me and say, Sam, you tell everybody you almost died. I know, because I've never been that close to death in my entire life. I've never been so sick in my entire life, not even close. Not even close. You know, when you're a little kid and you get so sick, you cry. You know, four or five years old, seven years old, you're so sick, you cry because your throat hurts or whatever. None of those are even close. I've never been so sick, never been so close to death. Literally in my mind praying, Lord, if I'm supposed to die, let me go now. Uh, but I'd love to stay and be with my wife and my children and my loved ones. I'd love to stay and fight for the sacred cause of liberty. I'd love to be here to fight another day for the principles that we hold dear. I'd love to tell the world my testimony of Jesus Christ that he lives another day. Father, if if it's thy will that I'm supposed to stay, let me stay. Otherwise, let me go. This is, you know, <clears throat> and I'm on oxygen. I'm not able to breathe. I'm in bed. I can barely get up. Pretty much need help to get up. You know, I didn't go into a coma or anything because I didn't stay in the hospital. See, both times I was able to leave the hospital. Why? Because I had oxygen. This is back to the point again. Listen to me. Because I had oxygen. Anyway, and so I was able to go home, whereas I would not have been able to go home. I would have been checked into the hospital full time. And then what would they have done to me? Well, they would have done what they did to Scott Bradley. They almost killed him. This is not a joke. This is serious. And so I don't really love to just run around and tell people I almost died. But I want people to understand the gravity of the situation. I am absolutely only here by the grace of God Almighty right now. That's right. And so we need to really understand this. And so uh, when I get COVID the second time, I literally, after the first 10 days, thought I was getting better. And then I just tanked. And I went to the hospital twice. And they gave me lactated ringers. And I'm going to tell you a little story of what happened to me in the hospital. They don't like unvaccinated people, ladies and gentlemen. They don't like us. And so, of course, they asked me if I was vaccinated or not. And I said, of course not. And they dutifully wrote it down. But then there was kind of a sea change in how I was treated in the hospital. And pretty soon they're just like, well, we need to let you go home. If you have oxygen, you can go home and just deal with it yourself. There's not much we can do here for you. 
and they had given me these lactated ringers that I mentioned to you both times. The second time, they had to give me uh, probably triple the amount <clears throat> to even even uh, be able to uh, to move and talk and whatever like that. Uh, and so, anyway, I'll tell you more of the story. I know this is going to be long and probably boring, but I'm hoping there's some anecdotal reality uh, for the rest of you in this. I hope there's some guidance towards self-reliance in this. I hope there's some solutions in this for everyone. And I hope this story helps you understand what's at stake in the sacred cause of liberty. Liberty Roundtable Live in Seconds. I am Sam Bushman. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with John Hunt. U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention dramatically eased COVID-19 guidelines for when Americans should wear masks indoors, a move that means over 72% of the U.S. population will reside in communities where indoor face coverings are no longer recommended. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky. We want to give people a break from things like mask wearing when our levels are low and then have the ability to reach for them again should things get worse in the future. And in an update from Ukraine, the streets of the Ukrainian capital of Kiev have become a battle zone. But President Vladimir Zelensky told citizens in a video message that the country is withstanding and repelling enemy attacks. More than 120,000 Ukrainians have already left, while 850,000 are internally displaced, according to the United Nations Deputy High Commissioner for Refugees. This is USA Radio News. Billy Gerard, we're here with Nancy B., who's a longtime user of Revive One. Nancy, tell me, how has Revive One changed your life? Well, my husband has a lot of pain in his back, and believe me, we've tried a million things. They have so many things on the counter. I've had prescriptions. I've had all kinds of things. But this really, really does relieve the pain on his shoulder and his back. And now I've got a little bursitis in my hip. And I've been using that, too, and I'm so pleased. I tell people to please try this product because it really, really works. Not available in stores or on Amazon. Get yours factory direct at painfreeland.com. That's painfreeland.com. Use coupon code SAVE20 for 20% off and free shipping. Pain relief or your money back at painfreeland.com. Or call 877-577-2289. Not available in stores or on Amazon. Painfree. Freeland.com coupon code save 20. The active ingredient in Revive One has been shown to temporarily relieve pain associated with arthritis, muscle strains, sprains, and more. Use only as directed. Drugmaker Johnson & Johnson and three major distributors have finalized nationwide settlements over their role in the opioid addiction crisis, an announcement that clears the way for $26 billion to flow to nearly every state and local government in the United States. Taken together, the settlements are the largest to date among many opioid-related cases that have been playing out across the country. They're expected to provide a significant boost to efforts aimed at reversing the crisis in places that have been devastated by it, including many parts of rural America. U.S. market regulators are probing whether Tesla boss Elon Musk and his brother violated insider trading rules in connection with share sales last year. The Securities and Exchange Commission launched its probe after Kimball Musk sold $108 million worth of Tesla stock just a day before a significant drop in the electric car maker's price. Tesla stock value dropped sharply after Elon Musk posted a Twitter poll asking whether he should sell 10% of his stake in the company. For USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, telling you a personal story about health, and it's a long story, and I'm so sorry it may be boring as I'll get out. But I want to document this on the radio, and I want to document it for my posterity. I want to document it for education purposes, whatever you want to call it. And so I get so sick, and I get these lactated ringers, and I'm in the hospital the second time, and I they realize that I'm not vaccinated, and they change how they treat me. They're not in-your-face rude, get out of here, slapping me around, or anything like that. But they certainly have a dismissive attitude. A little bit like, you're here, and it's your own fault. You're here, and... <laughs> I mean, all the things that we could have done for you, we can't do (laughs) because you're kind of like the great unwashed, man. You're you're unvaccinated. If you're not going to do anything for your own health, what can we do for you attitude? And they don't blatantly say this to me. But there are some, including the doctors, that are having this attitude towards me. And you can feel it. It's palpable. It's almost a hatred. It's almost a disrespect like you know how dare you even come into our hospital after uh you know you don't follow the guidance of the government and you but there's some people that are incredibly nice to me like beyond nice it's almost as if they know that you're unvaccinated and they agree with you but they don't dare say so but they can make up for it with their kindness and you see this split You literally see this split, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it is, it's beyond imagination. And uh, this split then is evident. But the ones that are hostile, <clears throat> and I don't know how this is. I'm just telling you what is, right? Because, again, I don't know what guidance people have been given. I don't know factually what the case is. I've interviewed people about it, and they see it, but they don't know either. What am I talking about? Well, like Nurse Erin, when we had her on the radio, she says, look, their protocols are just horrible. And they know it, but they're afraid to say something. Their protocols in the hospital literally are killing people and making people sicker. It goes against everything we know medically, everything we've understood over decades of science and everything. They're going against it all, but you bring it up and you're an outcast. Well, so this is happening. And one of the protocols or one of the things that they're doing And I don't know if this is like nationwide or this just happened to me, but I'll tell you my story and see how it might resonate around the world. But so what they do then is they don't really give me good advice. They almost withhold their medical knowledge of truth from me because the protocols say, Sam, you need to check into the hospital. Sam, you really need to get on a vent, buddy. Sam, you need to be given uh, whatever it's called, Desimir, Rodesimir, whatever that drugs called, you know, you need to be this, that every one of these protocols, folks will kill you <laughs> unless you're lucky as, or blessed as all get a, get out to get out of there. But uh, all these medications they want to give you and all these protocols and ventilators and everything else, they're all designed to take you away from life. And uh, Dr. Scott Bradley even comes on the radio and tells you everything they did to me in the hospital was the wrong thing to do. Well, anyway, so they don't like the fact that I'm able to go home because I have oxygen. And they don't have any answers for me. Except, Sam, we'll give you these lactated ringers and we'll give you. 
So I start talking to the doctor, and I said, listen, I need something for my lungs. I need something to fight this. I'm getting sick. And so then the doctor, the first time I went to the hospital, said, hey, Sam, you don't have COVID pneumonia. You're fine. Well, the second time I went to the hospital, he looked back at the first records and said, I don't know what that other doctor was talking about. You absolutely have COVID pneumonia and a pretty severe case. Oh, great. I said, well, what? I don't know if the first doctor didn't want to admit to it. I don't know if they couldn't let me go. So they anyway, all I'm telling you is so the second doctor's like, you you absolutely have COVID pneumonia, buddy. <clears throat> and that's why you're having such a trouble breathing. And, and so I said, well, what can I do? And he's like, well, there's nothing re- we can really do. So while the doctor goes out, because they go out and do all these different tests and come back in and all this stuff, right? I call my doc, my daughter, who happens to be a CNA and her husband's studying uh, and is a nurse and all this kind of stuff. And so I call my children because you know what? One of the great things about your children is they grow up and become adults and they become smarter than you, right? So anyway, I talk to them and they say, listen, here's what you need to do. And they basically tell me you need to get this little device that you blow or you suck on, you, you breathe in or whatever, and you force this little ball to the top. It's this little device. It's this mechanical device kind of thing. Uh, you can buy them for like five or ten bucks or something. But anyway, you got to get that before you leave because they're hard to get if you don't get it from the hospital. And this thing will help your lungs get stronger. you got to do this, and you got to do these lung exercises every day. And so I make a note of that. And my daughter also says, hey, for your lungs, you need to get these. It's called something pearls. I don't know what it's called right now. I'm not a medical guy. So I, you know what? When it comes to tech, when it comes to finance, when it comes to, uh, you know, mortgages and loans and insurance. And, you know, I know a lot about a lot of things. Business, I don't know a lot about medical. When I'm not stupid, but I don't really know the terms and I don't know a lot. But my, my daughter says, you've got to get these pearls because they'll really, really help your lungs. And they'll help your cough. And you've got to get to where you can cough without it hurting so much that you can actually start to make progress and stuff. Anyway, so then I get off the phone with my daughter, and I get on. Uh, the doctor comes back in. And I say, Doc, I need to get something for my uh, lungs and my cough. Uh, this is serious. Well, these pearls, just so you know, are a prescription. They're beyond, you know, just your regular cough stuff. And I say to the doctor, and this is kind of what I mean about how they treat you once they know you're, quote, non-vaxxed, right? And I say to the doctor, I said, look, I need to get something for this cough. And he ignores me, and I say it again, and then he eventually says, well, what do you want me to do? I can give you some cough medicine. I literally laughed out loud. I'm like, are you kidding me? Doctor, cough medicine's not going to help or work. That's not going to get it done. So instead of then the doctor thinking of other options, which is his job, his responsibility, to kind of guide me in the medical field, to, he goes, well, I mean, that's all I really have for you. Well, I knew better. How did I know better? Because I had a loved one who knew better, who understands medical and who has been in the doctor's um, situations and been there as an assistant and seen what other people have received and knew what to ask for, what to get. So then I said to the doctor, I said, can you do anything more than just cough medicine? And so instead of finding a solution, he looks right at me and he goes, well, what do you suggest? Well, he was doing that because what he wanted me to say is, well, I don't know, sir. And then he'd say, well, that's all there is. However, I was ready for him. And what I said was, I need these 
and I knew the name because I, I just don't remember it right now, right? <clears throat> but I said, I need these pearls. And he goes, oh, that's actually a good idea. I can do that. And I'm thinking to myself at the time, well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say so if that's a good idea? Is it that you really didn't think of it, Doc? Is it that you really lacked the medical education to think of that? Or is it that you were withholding that information from me? Now, I don't want to go into conspiracy land on this. I don't know the truth of each individual doctor. I don't know what their thought processes are. I don't know if they're just trying to follow the science and they believe the CDC's right. I don't know if they believe the protocols handed down. Uh, you know, hey, the hospital, this is what we're supposed to do. Uh, I don't know if it's against their better judgment. I don't know if he was doing this on purpose. I don't know, individually speaking. But I know this. Why is a guy like me, who's sick as could be, who, why am I the one proposing what I need to get better? And why does he say, well, there's nothing I really have for you. And then when I bring up something, he's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. So here's the question. Here's the $64,000 question. Were they told not to offer anything to me, but if I insist on certain things, or if I know certain things, or if I have knowledge, then they're obligated to carry it out? Are they on record, and if I mention these pearls, and they don't you know, provide them, and then I get sick and die or whatever else, do they have a liability that if, if they don't bring it up, then no, no harm, no foul, but if I bring it up, then, you know, I don't know. Is this a, well, don't give them any information, but if they, you know, insist on certain things or know certain things, then it's different? I don't know. But it was very, very strange. Very strange indeed. Well, so that happened. That was a very simple thing. And you could say, Sam, that was just a doctor that was overwhelmed and busy. It was late at night and, you know, dealing with sick people. And he just didn't think of that for you. When you thought of it, he went, okay, good idea. There's nothing there, Sam. You might be right. But when you combine that with the way that I was kind of treated by some with kindness and love who may have understood my non-vaccinated state and agreed with it, but yet the different little bit of hostility from the other group, it starts to kind of make more sense. I'm going to talk about this more. This is going to take a long time, way longer than I expected, but I think it's worthy, worthy of the, the thoughts. All right, Liberty Roundtable Live, back in a flash. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. 
Daddy, we'll have some ice seals at gold. We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, Sam Bushman on your radio talking about my personal experiences with COVID. I believe I've had it three times. I have proof for the second two times. The first time, I don't really have evidence or proof, except for I have all kinds of downstream anecdotal reality. Uh, Getting Bell's palsy is one of them. Long-haul COVID effects are another one of them. Uh, But again, I don't know the first time, but I believe I've had COVID three times now. Right now is one of them. I've literally tested positive. (laughs) <laughs> just a couple of days ago. So I'm literally on your radio with COVID. And uh, this is the, what do they call this one? Omicron. Yeah. So this time it's the Omicron. First time was Alpha. Second time was Delta. Now it's Omicron kind of thing. <laughs> so anyway, the hospital really treats you unfairly and unkindly if you're unvaccinated in many, many cases. And so I literally get to go home a second time because, again, I have oxygen. And the doctor kind of questioned because he's like, well, I don't really want to give you oxygen. You should probably stay here. And then I said, oh, no, I have oxygen. I can go home. <laughs> he didn't like that. He didn't like that at all, really. He's like, oh, where did you get oxygen? How do you have oxygen? Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what do they call it? Pressurized oxygen is a controlled substance. Are you hearing me right now? Oxygen is like a controlled substance. Does oxygen require a prescription? Right? Um, you got to ask that to Google or, or to Google or whatever. Um, yes, it does because it's a controlled substance. Why do you need a prescription for oxygen? You might say. The FDA requires that medical oxygen only be distributed with a prescription. Yeah, they say it's important because a medical, quote, professional tells you how much you need, how long you need to use it, right? Yes, you need prescription for an oxygen concentrator. They're considered a, quote, class two medical device, a concentrator. This means you must have a valid prescription from a board certified doctor in order to purchase one. Why do you got to have a prescription for an oxygen concentrator? Does oxygen need to be prescribed? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Now, why this is, is a mystery to me. But I guess they want you to believe that somehow, you know, you can get too much oxygen or something like that. 
And, and you know what? Maybe there is a very remote truth to that. Let me give you an example. If you drink too much water, you'll die. But they say, what is medical grade? Think of the terms they're using now. What What is medical grade oxygen, right? Well, medical grade oxygen is considered a drug by the Food and Drug Administration. Yeah. They say there are several reasons for this. First, requiring a prescription means that there's two safety measures in place. Both the regulation of the medical oxygen itself and a regulatory process of use. Okay, it's very strange. Anyway, I digress. I'm just telling you what I've learned over time. And so the doctor kind of freaks because I actually have oxygen. And he's like, who gave you that? Why do you have it? And I explained that I had been sick before and that I got a medical prescription and I have a concentrator, which is all legitimate, all true. All <clears throat> so he kind of backs off and he mellows out. But he almost seems disappointed that I'm not staying or checking into the hospital. See, I never checked in as a patient. Just so you know, uh, you go to the hospital and you do a lot of pre-work and then they decide if you need to be checked in or not. Well, this prevented me from being required to check in virtually. Yeah, strange, huh? I know. It's weird. But anyway, so I, I go home again and I'm on oxygen and I eventually just cannot get better. I'm just kind of like in this state of no man's land. Can't get well. Not getting worse because oxygen's doing fine for the most part, but I'm just not getting better at all. I'm just at this kind of situation where I can't take off oxygen. I'm just sick. And if I do, my oxygen drops like immediately. Boom. And uh, I'm totally don't have any energy. The only thing that will help me is these are these lactated ringers. They provide a boost of energy or something to, you know, they, they help. They, they hydrate you. You can't seem to get enough liquid otherwise. <clears throat> because the liquid, the uh, hydration doesn't really get into your cells and all this kind of stuff. So I'm dealing with this, and I, I know I need ivermectin. But so now we're like 25 days in. And I've been sick for the first 10 days, thought I had a handle on it. And then, you know, 20, 25 days in kind of range, uh, after two hospital um, visits, et cetera, only able to go home because I have oxygen, uh, then I, I just can't get ivermectin. I know it's the answer, but I can't get it. Well, I finally find an alternative doctor that gives it to me. And literally, I take ivermectin. After the first dose of ivermectin, and after using these pearls that I, I'm telling you about, my lungs start getting a little bit stronger. And literally within hours of taking ivermectin, I take off the oxygen. And I use one of those things that you put on your finger. What do they call that? An ox, whatever. <clears throat> and my oxygen's not dropping near precipitously, precipitously like it was. And I literally can take off oxygen. And I'm breathing without oxygen now. And so I believe that the grace of God 
and ivermectin saved my life. Literally within hours of the first dose. I take doses for the for five days. Now, like Joe Rogan, they're going to tell you that I took horse dewormer, horse poop, animal uh, you know, medication, not even appropriate for humans, lies. No, it was prescribed by a doctor. It said on there for humans. Uh, it was literal little pills that you, that you swallow or whatever. And I took it for five days. And I'm telling you, within hours, I came off of oxygen, and my lungs got stronger and stronger to the point where I could sit up now. I could get up and walk around. I could start to do things. And then I talked to the alternative doctor that gave me the ivermectin, and he said, listen, you need to be on serious doses of vitamin C, like 7,000-plus milligrams a day. And you need to be on vitamin D, serious. I think it's I use it, they call it a vitamin D. And you need to be on zinc, and you need to do all these different things. Uh, and so I start doing that, and I start getting stronger and better. I don't need my oxygen. I'm starting to breathe fine, uh, and my energy is just slowly returning. Well, literally after a month, I get better enough to where I say, you know what? I'm, I think I can beat this thing now. Well, the questions that I have for you through this whole thing are, ladies and gentlemen, what got me better? Ivermectin. Your government calls it horse dewormer, horse poop. Don't take it. Then the doctors tell me, the mainstream doctors tell me the only thing that'll save you, Sam, or only thing that'll help you is a vaccination. But yet now people with vaccinations are getting sick too, right? I know people now, many of them, that, hey, they've got vaccinations, but they're getting COVID also. So that's not true. But I look at the what got me well, and I say, you know what? Oxygen got me well. Oxygen saved my life. All right, but you got to kind of ask yourself, why is oxygen such a controlled substance? They say the reason that oxygen under pressure is a prescription is because, you know, what it could, it could ignite. Oxygen toxicity is real. It's possible uh, to get too much oxygen, just like it's possible to get too much water. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's almost impossible to get too much oxygen. All right? And even if you have a concentrator, um, who in their right mind would be on oxygen? Listen carefully to what I'm saying to you. Who in their right mind would be on oxygen if you don't need it? Well, Sam, it's kind of like that old rock and roll song back in the 70s. You know, it's like love is like oxygen. Not enough and you're going to die. Get too much, you're going to get high. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't really get high on oxygen. And most people, look, you've got to have, you've got to be chained to a mask or at least, you know, a nebula or something, whatever they call those things. Um, not nebula. What's it called? Anyway, uh, it's the little thing that goes over your nose or whatever where you breathe oxygen. I can't, I can't remember the term. Like I say, I'm not a medical guy. But anyway, um, cannula, yeah, that's what it's called. Anyway, so all I'm telling you though is people just aren't going to be breathing in tons of oxygen if they don't need it. So I have a concentrator. And it's here because of my severe spinal stenosis, which I'll get into in the next hour. I didn't mean to talk about this for so long, but I'm going to. I think it has too many valuable um, takeaways for all of us, every one of us who's listening. 
Um, but anyway, so I've got this concentrator, but I don't use it every day because I don't need it every day now. Why would I use it if I don't need it? I mean, I don't want to sit there chained to a cannula or whatever. And I mean, it makes your nose sore if you have too much oxygen. Look, there's too many reasons people would not do it every day. Okay, so you're not going to overdose from oxygen. It's like drinking too much water. I guess you could, but I don't know anybody who would, um, you know. So anyway, I tell you this because what saved my life is God Almighty. I give all the credit to my God because I receive blessings from loved ones who I believe have authority to act in the name of God and give blessings and healings. I uh, believe that ivermectin saved my life. I believe that an oxygen concentrator saved my life. I believe the natural vitamin C, heavy doses, vitamin D, heavy doses, and zinc, heavy doses, contributed to saving my life. But every one of the things that saved my very life the second time I got COVID are the very things that the government prohibits. So the government complains there's too many people going to the hospital. They're right. I went twice. They're right. I went twice. There are too many people going to the hospital. What would it take, though, to help people not go to the hospital? And my response is education, 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 and the relaxing of some nonsensical laws. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk more about this in detail. It's going to be a two-hour bonanza on this topic. What did I get and what did I do and what could make it better? Why? What could have prevented me from having to go to the hospital? Let's talk about it a little bit more. Remember the term lactated ringers. Remember oxygen. Remember, okay, hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February 26th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. Wow, and absolutely, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And best of all, we believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the great restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips? Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. If you missed last hour, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. 
I drill into my health problems. I've had COVID three times, I think. Two provable, one not quite positive, but anecdotally, pretty confident. I've got COVID right now as I'm on your radio. You say, Sam, that's kind of a crazy thing to say to the whole world. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not afraid of it. I'm not scared of it. I realize it can be deadly. Trust you, me, I get it. Go listen to the last hour and you'll understand. But I was able to recover from COVID the second time, even though it almost killed me. And I was able to use certain protocols against whatever the medical professionals want you to believe and want you to understand and want you to know that saved my life. And I want to talk about those. So why is oxygen a controlled substance? Why do you need a prescription for oxygen? Oxygen floats around in the air we breathe, right? So why would you need a prescription to get extra oxygen? They say, well, the problem with medical oxygen does not contain the other gases that the air in our atmosphere has in it. The FDA requires that medical oxygen only be distributed with a prescription. Yeah, I mean, a medical professional tells you how much you need and how often you need to use it. Yeah. Anyway, they go on and tell you why you might need oxygen. One of them is because you have COVID, sleep apnea, pneumonia. Well, I've had all the above at the same time. Yeah, I had COVID pneumonia. I've got sleep apnea. And I had COVID-19. Yeah. So they say also if you have difficulty breathing. Yeah. Your memory is suffering. Well, man, when I had COVID, I had brain fog like you wouldn't believe my memory suffered. I could hardly even talk or think. Okay, you experience moments of confusion or disorientation. I didn't totally have that disorientation maybe, uh, but confusion, I wasn't very confused. I just couldn't think very well. My mind was like on, it reminds me of if you've ever, um, if you've ever been uh, or had, um, what is it called when you get when you get knocked out, Cameron? I'm just not a medical guy. These terms just don't come easy to me. What is it called when you go for surgery and they, they, uh, yeah, sedated? That's the wow. I'm so sorry, you guys. Anyway, sedated. <laughs> it's like when you're coming back from being sedated. Right when you kind of wake up, you're kind of in this fog. You're like, hey, what's going on, uh, man? I. And your brain just doesn't, it's not alert. It doesn't hop from item to item very well and everything else, right? (laughs) Well, that happened. Anyway, they say the reason you have a difficulty breathing is because you have probably hypoxia. Hypoxia happens when your lungs can't transfer the necessary amount of oxygen to your bloodstream. Not having the proper amount of oxygen in your bloodstream puts stress on your entire body. When you inhale the extra oxygen, you're making it easier for your body to do its job and put the right amount in your bloodstream so you won't be so short of breath and your energy levels will go up. Your body will be able to do its work better. Right? Anyway, they say the doctor will tell you how often you need to use supplemental oxygen. Yeah, think of your supplemental oxygen as a type of medication, they say. Your doctor, your doctor will do tests to determine how much extra oxygen you need, etc. Okay, 
But, ladies and gentlemen, here's the problem, and here's the reason I go into such detail on that. I believe that the things that got me well the second time I had COVID and saved my life were all the things that doctors tell you not to do. So I had ivermectin. Doctors, mainstream doctors tell you that's horse poop. It's horse dewormer. Don't take it. It's not for humans. That's a lie. I had a prescription for humans by a physician. So don't tell me any of that garbage. You're lying, and the fake news must stop. All right? Secondly, increased doses of vitamin C and D and zinc. And the mainstream won't talk about this. They say it's just crazy talk. No, it is not. I'm not a physician, so I'm expressing my opinion. I'm not an attorney, so I'm expressing my opinion, to which I am entitled under the First Amendment. Got it? I give no instruction to anybody else of what to do. I'm telling you my personal experiences and what happened to me as a matter of absolute fact. Fact is I was sicker than a dog. Fact is the things that I did saved my life and got me well. Is it on my own knowledge? Of course not. I told you over and over I'm not even a medical guy. But I followed people who loved me's guidance and instruction. And when I did, things got better in a hurry. And all I'm telling you is ivermectin was one of the great keys. So was vitamin C in high doses. I took 7,000 milligrams. Some say you need way, way, way more than that. Well, I agree with the medical profession to some degree. You can do too much of something, whether it be water, whether it be oxygen, whether it be vitamin C or D or zinc. You know what? You can have side effects from doing too much of something. Okay, so so beware of that. Um. But all the things that the doctors are telling us are leading us to the hospital, leading us to experimental vaccinations, leading us to protocols that don't get people well. They put people in a flat-out coma. Dr. Scott Bradley will tell you all about that. They had them in a coma for over 30 days. I can't remember how long, almost 60 days, I think it is. All right, this has got to stop. They're lying to you about the solutions. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I'll get into a story, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, um, why they're lying again. Everything they do is a flat-out lie to create greater tyranny, greater lording over you and I. So anyway, I digress. But the next thing, in addition to ivermectin, vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc, I had oxygen. And you can say, well, Sam, it's a controlled substance because people might get too much of it. You know, it's medical grade, you know. You could uh, suffer from too much oxygen that can make you sick. I agree, but I'm telling you, like I did last hour, the likelihood of somebody getting too much oxygen is almost zero. Uh, when you don't need it, your natural tendency is to push it away. I don't want that mask on. It hurts my nose. It's uncomfortable to breathe. I'm fine. I don't need that. That's your natural. It's like drinking too much water. When you get a lot of water, you're like, I feel waterlogged. I, I don't want water. I need to, I need to pee. I need to... Look, no, no water, it, okay? Most of these things, your body will tell you what needs to happen. Now, I'm not saying somebody couldn't take too much water in, take too much vitamin C in, take too much oxygen in. I agree they could, but it's just not likely. The reason the medical profession wants to control oxygen is because they want to control you. They want to call the shots. They want to treat it like a drug. They have a big industry where oxygen is expensive as all get out. To create an oxygen concentrator, you can buy a used one for like a thousand bucks. These things are not cheap. All right, but you can get what's called a concentrator. You can plug it into the wall and it will produce oxygen. 
it will suck in the air and it will produce oxygen. It's a concentrator. And it will get rid of all the other things in the air that it, and it'll um, basically, I don't want to say make oxygen, but it will produce oxygen. It will concentrate oxygen for you. But that's a, a device you got to pay for to buy. That's one way you can get oxygen, through a concentrator. It's plugged into the wall. The other way is bottled oxygen or portable oxygen, where they literally put oxygen in a tank for you, pressurize it, and then you can take around those tanks, right? So you can have an oxygen maker if it's plugged into the wall, or you can have an oxygen, I don't know, delivery system. Again, I'm not a medical professional, so don't don't butcher me for my terms. But I'm telling you, so if you want to reduce people from going to the hospital, government. If you truly want that outcome, instead of your lies, listen to me carefully. You need to deregulate oxygen. Oh, no, Sam, we couldn't do that. That might harm people, by golly. So you're telling me that you're going to keep oxygen in a controlled substance, a drug, if you will, which requires a government prescription by a government-licensed individual, And you can't relax that because somebody might get hurt. But you can tell them to take a vaccine that's an experimental vaccine without evidence of advocacy, without evidence that it works, without evidence that it will help people. In fact, now we have all kinds of research about heart problems and other issues from the vaccine. But by golly, do a vaccine, don't do oxygen. But yet the hospitals are now overwhelmed with people who have had vaccinations and they need oxygen. That's why they're there, right? If you made oxygen available at home, instead of cranking up ventilators, you created concentrators. I'm not recommending the government do that either. I'm just going to point the private sector could. You would make a huge difference of how many people are forced to go to the hospital. In addition to oxygen, there's a couple of other things that make a huge difference. I mentioned these these pearls last hour that help your lungs and help you cough and help you deal with the cough, make it possible for you to breathe again and get that gunk out of your lungs and fight COVID pneumonia. Yeah, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded 
than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, so back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So the next thing I got, which was I had oxygen, which was a tremendous blessing, but they withhold oxygen from everybody, and then they're like, well, you got to come to the hospital because you can't breathe. We'll give you oxygen. See, they just have this tight control, folks. All right? Anyway, they call them Teslon pearls is the next thing I got. It's basically a prescription kind of a cough medicine that numbs um, your throat uh, and numbs your... Uh, Anyway, it's often used for pneumonia, coughs, cod, it was leaded, or this is, wow, let me start over. This medication is used to treat coughs caused by the common cold and other breathing problems like pneumonia and et cetera, but they're called Tesalon pearls, but you got to have a prescription to have them. Now, I get that normally you should have a prescription, and I get that they shouldn't just hand it out like candy, maybe, fine, okay, but look, when people are super sick, and you know they can't breathe, and you know that what you need to do if they're coughing hard, when you cough so hard, your body goes into spasms. Your muscles tighten up, and your whole body, your insides get sore, and it wears you out to the point where you're spending all of your energy that could be used, could be directed to get well. You're using it just to try to respond to cough. And so you've got to use these Teslon pearls to relax your body enough to where you can just sleep. Sleep is one of the greatest things that can help you. And the problem is if you're just coughing all night hard and your insides hurt and you're worn out and you, you just get to where you can't sleep, it's like a self-destructive cycle. So you have oxygen. You have these Teslon pearls. You have this little breathing machine that I mentioned. It's, it's just a little cheap mechanical device that costs five, ten bucks. And you suck in, you go, and then it... Um, forces this little ball to the top and you can see how much pressure your lungs are able to you know produce or whatever you do that for exercises to strengthen your lungs well anyway so you got the the oxygen you got the teslin pearls right you've got the ivermectin you've got the vitamin c the vitamin d the vitamin or the zinc in serious levels well in addition to all that then ladies and gentlemen you got to have more yeah, you got to have more to get the help that you need. And I want to know why all these things, why can't we relax that and say, we're going to make oxygen available and we're going to make, <clears throat> fine, we're going to have a hotline that you need to call uh, because, well, we want to make sure that you really need these things. We don't want to just hand it out like candy, and but you can have either a hotline, you could have, uh, <clears throat> what do you want to call them, teledoctors, which can do either a phone line or FaceTime, or some of these kind of things. You could use this to kind of ensure that you're not just giving it to everybody without a need. But why are we cranking up ventilators? 
when we should be cranking up concentrators? Why are we locking these things down when we could temporarily, maybe permanently, relax the oxygen prescription requirements and the Teslon pearls and say, you know what? We're going to give these to people temporarily because, hey, we cannot fill up the hospitals. Right? We're going to help people. We're going to make a difference for people. But the third thing I would recommend and, and say, and again, I'm not a medical professional. I'm just giving you my opinion, my experiences, okay? Don't try to sue me and waste my time because I have every right to my opinion. But in my opinion, why don't they then make lactated ringers available? Sam, what the heck are lactated? You don't even know, do you? No, you don't know. Why? Because you can only get lactated ringers, as far as I understand, in the hospital. I even talked to some medical professionals, and I said, can you get me some lactated ringers? Um, and can you get lactated ringers? And everybody's like, no, I, I, the only place I know, a lot of medical professionals don't even know what they are if they're not in the emergency rooms and stuff. But lactated ringers are hard to get. Now, they say lactated ringers is a sterile solution composed of water, salt, sodium lactate, potassium chloride, and calcium chloride. It's often used in place of saline solution, water and salt. There's other names, ringers lactate, ringers saline, ringers solution RL, Hartman's solution. Well, anyway, listen to this. Lactated ringers FDA prescribing information. Lactated ringers injection has value of a source of water and electrolytes. It's capable of, of inducing diorsis, depending on the clinical condition of the patient. Okay? Anyway, I'm telling you, when you get so low, they say this, this is only to be given under the supervision of a doctor. Anyway, now, I'm telling you that I get that you say, hey, there's, there could be some side effects of those lactated ringers, Sam. And, hey, the reason we can't do what you're saying the reason we can't make oxygen available to everybody, the reason we can't, um, you know, provide uh, these Teslon pearls and oxygen and lactated ringers and these things to everybody is because, Sam, it's dangerous. The side effects could be tremendous. Oh, you mean like going to the hospital and getting on a ventilator and getting that rendesivir or whatever it is and dying? You mean it could be bad, huh? You know, you could go ahead and stay out of the hospital and have a chance at life, and or you could just go to the hospital and get on remdesivir and then get some paralyzing drug that puts you in a coma, and then you get on a ventilator, and then you die. That could be better, Sam. Have you lost your mind, people? This is what I'm talking about. So I get that you don't want to just pass this stuff out by candy, like candy. But I also get that, you know what? Most people, if they could have a physician, help them, monitor them, talk to them, Train their family to help them. 
have maybe even people go by to check on them. You could keep people out of the hospital very easily. Because most people who go to the hospital, not all, but most, there's exceptions to everything, right? Uh, But most people, if you give them oxygen, you watch the levels, I get it. If you give them ivermectin, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, you give them lactated ringers so that they can get hydrated again and have a chance to come back. The reason you give the lactated ringers is because when people are so low and so dehydrated, their body can't even heal itself. But if you can get enough um, hydration into someone, then the body has a chance to, to take over. The body feels the stress is off the body of just trying to be in survival mode all the time to where some healing can take place. And you have people breathing with this, I can't remember what it's called, this little thing that you suck on and then it launches this ball to the top where people could do lung exercises. You provide oxygen, lung exercises, uh, these Teslon pearls that prevent you from just coughing to where your, your body's spent. So now you're hydrating the body. You're relaxing the cough. You're giving people a chance to sleep. You're giving them oxygen. You're giving them nutrients. You're, okay? And these are just things that I have experienced. I'm not even a medical professional. I don't even know a whole lot of what I'm talking about, except for I know what got me well, and I know it works, and I know where the, the points are that drive people to, straight to the hospital. When you can't breathe, when you're coughing so hard, when you're dehydrated so hard that you're listless, and you can't even hardly get out of bed, then you're kind of going, i got to go to the hospital. But if you had oxygen, if you had lactated ringers, so now you've got hydration, you've got these Teslon pearls so that your body can relax enough Um, you give the body a chance to heal. Well, I got all those things, and it made me well. And and so I'm telling you that they could, instead of just saying, we're going to buy a gazillion ventilators, and we're going to push everybody to the hospital, although you shouldn't be there, you should get the vaccine, it'll prevent you from being there. We're finding out that's a lie, too. And we're going to embrace all these protocols that only the very few stand up against. But the very few... Our bold scientists, our gutsy nurses and doctors who stand up, and every one of them has had their career destroyed. Frontline doctors are in the thousands, people. But you don't hear hardly anything about them. All you hear is whacked out Tony Fauci going off about this and that and whatever. Is the coronavirus serious? Yes, it is. Can people die? Yes, they can. Can you get very sick? Without a doubt. But what about the solutions I'm providing? Well, Sam, the reason we can't do that is because then you'll realize Maybe you don't need so many medical people everywhere. And maybe it's an insurance crisis where, man, there could be liability, Sam. We can't take that liability. What about in a national emergency situation, ladies and gentlemen? Hang tight. I've got more. I am Sam Bushman. This is indeed the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. International hacking group Anonymous has declared a cyber war against Russia for invading Ukraine. The group of hackers took to Twitter and said most members are currently involved in an operation against the Russian Federation. They went on to say one of the main targets is the Russian government, 
while adding the private sector will most likely be targeted as well. The CDC is relaxing its mask guidance for communities at low risk of COVID-19 transmission. At a briefing on Friday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked if there's any concern that people will take this to mean that the coronavirus pandemic is over in the United States. There are still people dying every day of COVID. What we are trying to work towards is a period of time where we are, uh, where COVID is not disrupting our daily lives. USA Radio News. Hi, it's Wayne Alaroot, and I want to tell you a real story. A husband and wife were driving home from dinner. While stopped at a light, they were suddenly surrounded by an angry mob, and the mob forced open the driver's side door, attempting to drag the husband from the car. But he reached for his Hero 2020 non-lethal weapon. He shot his attacker twice in the chest, unleashing a powerful chemical pepper irritant, forcing the attackers to back off, and the couple escaped safely. No bullets were fired, no lives were lost. I know how training and preparedness makes the difference. I've seen and reviewed many guns and self-defense products, and the Hero 2020 is one of the easiest to use, carry, and conceal. Plus, it saves lives. Hero 2020 is a high-powered, award-winning, non-lethal defender. That's why I have one in each of my cars and in multiple rooms of my home and office. To order your own Hero 2020, visit Hero2020.com. Use coupon code WAR for a special discount. Hero2020.com. That's Hero2020.com. State law restrictions may apply. New inflation numbers are being released. From the USA Radio News Washington, D.C. Bureau, John Hunt has the details. An inflation gauge that is closely monitored by the Federal Reserve jumped another 6.1% in January compared with one year ago. The latest evidence that Americans are enduring sharp price increases that will worsen as Russia continues to invade Ukraine. The figure reported by the Commerce Department was the largest year-over-year rise since 1982. President Biden is introducing his nominee to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court. My nominee for the United States Supreme Court is Judge Ketanji Jackson. If confirmed, she would be the first black woman to serve on the high court. Biden promising that race would be his main prerequisite when it came to filling Justice Stephen Breyer's seat. Jackson is currently on D.C.'s federal appellate court. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham not happy with the pick, calling the candidate too far to the left. This is USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman talking about my COVID experiences. So the first time I got COVID had super long-term effects, brutal, ladies and gentlemen. Bell's palsy, uh, cervical spinal stenosis, severe sleep apnea, all kinds of problems. The second time I got COVID, it almost killed me. Literally went to the hospital twice, and I'm telling you the things that helped me get well. Right? So why can't we have lactated ringers? Oh, boy. Why can't we have oxygen? Why can't we do the things that can get people well? Because, Sam, it's dangerous. Don't you know you need a medical professional? But when you go in the hospital, they literally put you in a coma and put you on a, on a ventilator. <laughs> Very few people come off of that, folks. How is my proposal, how is my recommendation more scary or worse than theirs? I'm here to tell you mine personally works. Okay, well, then um, after the second time, I kept taking the zinc and the vitamin C and the vitamin D and 
uh, several other things that the doctors gave me, natural herbs and health and healing and stuff like that. And believe it or not, I got rid of a lot of the earlier symptoms that I received when I had COVID the first time. So the second time, I, I got quite a bit more well. Is that a term? Well, the interesting thing is that all happened. So then the after the second time, I took an antibody test again. And it said, oh, you got antibodies, Sam. But I compared my antibodies to most people, and I didn't have very many. And I thought, man, after getting COVID twice, the second time almost killing me, you'd think I'd have super antibodies now, right? No, I don't. I've got some. It shows that I've had COVID before. But I didn't have near the antibodies that others had, and I thought, I hope that's not a problem. Maybe we don't know what the level of antibodies do. We know the higher the level, the better, but we don't know really what threshold we need. They don't have any way to gauge all that. That's why they tell you that an antibody test on the back end doesn't do much good because, well, you got to have how much antibodies? Well, we don't really know, they say. So I thought, well, maybe no big deal. Maybe I still have the natural immunity that I need and everything else. But again, the COVID keeps morphing and changing. And you know what? You don't have immunity all the time. You don't have immunity forever. And I got COVID last August or whatever it was. End of July, August, whatever range. So September, October, November, December, January, February. Six months later, I get it again. Wow. Now, this time it's the Omicron, so it's not near as bad. The symptoms are totally different. Yes, I'm coughing. Yes, I have a stuffy nose. Yes, I sound like I have a cold. My voice sounds horrible. Uh, yet, but I'm not near like I was that time. Uh, I've got a lot more energy. Yes, my body aches. It's not fun, but it's not near like the other one. But here's the interesting thing. I'm going to natural doctors who are board-certified medical doctors as well. No, I won't tell you who they are because the government will come and attack them, right? But I'm telling you, they're medical doctors, but they believe in natural health and healing first. And then they say, we'll do the medical thing second. So we're not one or the other. They want you to believe we're kooks and we don't believe in the medical establishment. That's a lie. I just got through giving you ivermectin, a drug. Um, Teslon pearls, a drug. Okay, oxygen, a drug, right? So I'm not ever saying that the medical professionals have no value. They have tremendous value. And the amount of solutions they can provide to keep people alive and help the body recover and everything else is tremendous. I mean no disrespect for the medical profession, the science community, or the allopathic medicine people. Well, Sam, you should attack them. They're bad guys. Not always. Most of them are good people with a desire to really help and do good. And there's a lot of tremendous things they can do these days that are just amazing. However, on this COVID thing, they're literally forced to deliver protocols that are killing people, folks. And that is the problem. Anyway, I digress. I'm telling you, though, that the third time I have COVID, it didn't take me off the radio. The second time I had to go off the radio for a couple of weeks, I couldn't talk. Much less talk for straight two hours. Now, ladies and gentlemen, part of the reason that I'm doing this, too, to not only tell you my personal story, because I love you and you're my radio family and I believe you deserve to know the details about my health. But in addition, I'm hoping that the guidelines and and that maybe I shouldn't use the term guidelines, the guidance that I personally followed shared with you as an opinion from a non-licensed, non-attorney, non-medical professional, non-legal guy, just an average Joe telling you my experience, expressing my opinion to which I'm entitled, free speech, 
101, right? Um, I'm hoping that that might help you in your life in some way. You know, I could say, don't try this at home. I could say, don't do what I'm telling you, because by golly, um, you know, it could go bad. I'm, I'm not giving you any medical advice, any uh, uh, legal advice, any, I can go on all like that. That's what they do to protect themselves. And they might say the reason we can't provide all these things, Sam, that you're saying is because, man, it would be a medical nightmare. We would have liability 66 ways from Sunday. We would, yeah, but if the government were to be honest, the government could give protection to say, look, you know what? You can come to the hospital or you can try these things. In either case, you're going to sign a waiver saying we're just doing our best for you. We're in uncharted territory with COVID and with all these things. And so, you know what? We're, we're just telling you what has worked for others. You're going to have to sign a waiver if you're going to go down the road of staying home and getting oxygen and getting Tesla on pearls and getting, um, uh, what are they called? Lactated ringers and taking vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc and all these things. You know what? You're kind of on your own. We'll give you guidance and support so you can use it responsibly. Uh, but we're not going to be responsible if you make the wrong choices medically. There's ways to do that. That's what the government's doing right now with the vaccines. That's what the government's doing when they put you on a ventilator. That's what the government's doing when they check you into the hospital. They just say, look, we're going to dissolve ourselves of all this uh, responsibility. We're just doing the best for you we can. But you can't hardly even sue doctors these days uh, for COVID if it goes wrong, right? So they, they can, they can um, decrease and uh, divorce themselves from all the liabilities that they claim they can't. But why aren't we doing the things that I've given you the guidance for as opposed to the things they're doing in the hospital? What in my proposal would be so harmful? It would really keep people out of the hospitals. It would promote home care. It would promote home health care. The least expensive, oh, that's the problem, huh? Yeah, it'd be way less expensive and they couldn't make mazillions. Is that a word? Mazillions? It's not, but you get it, right? Massive amounts of money, millions and billions and trillions of dollars. It wouldn't be pro-death. It wouldn't people. It wouldn't put people in fear for vaccinations. It wouldn't. I go on and on, right? There you have it. So I think this is really, really important, ladies and gentlemen, to understand. I believe that the protocols that I'm telling you, the things that I'm saying to do, really are the solution. Is it the only solution? No, of course not. It's not the only solution. There's a lot of physicians and a lot of experts that have other protocols that work. But let me give you an interesting thing that's working in my case. So I go to the natural doctors that helped me the second time, literally that got me well. I have tremendous respect for and tremendous appreciation for these people because they really led me in the right way and saved my life, these people these people that are willing to literally look at alternative options for life and safety and stability. Anyway, so this time I go to the doctors and I say, I got COVID again. And they say, man, you're a magnet for this, Sam. What the heck? I say, I hear you. It's a sad deal. I'll go there for sure. It's awful. And I say, you know, can you get me some ivermectin again? I really need it. And they're like, yeah, we can. But you know what, Sam, we don't believe that ivermectin is the best solution. It was great for the Delta, and it was great for the original Alpha. But you know what? This Omicron stuff, believe it or not, ivermectin doesn't do very well to solve. Now, if the mainstream said that, I wouldn't believe them. 
But when these real doctors, in my opinion, these genuine, honest, first, do-no-harm servants of God, in my opinion, say, you know what, ivermectin probably won't help you, Sam. I'll prescribe it if you want to try it, but I really don't believe that's your best idea. And I say to them, what is my best idea? You want to know what they say? They say, Sam, here's what I want you to do. Drink a lot of water. Crank up your vitamin C and your vitamin D and your zinc once again. Get plenty of sleep, Sam. Eat right, Sam, and power through it. And there's one more thing that we can recommend, Sam. And if this doesn't work, tell us and we can go to the next steps if it even becomes necessary. They say you either need to take colloidal silver or... Or you need to take um, oil of oregano. Sam, do you have either of those at your house? They're not looking to send me somewhere and spend a bunch of money. They're not looking to send me to the hospital and rape my wallet. They're not looking to make a gazillion dollars. Oh, yeah, they got to make a living. But these are people that make a living when I'm well. Listen carefully to me. These are people that make a living when I'm well, not when I'm sick. When I'm well, I pay them a monthly stipend. It's called insurance. Equivalent. It's not insurance. That's a legal term that's regulated, too. It's not insurance. No. Uh, anyway, so they want me to be well. And so they're telling me things that don't cost me money to keep me well. What a concept, huh? For decades, leftist, liberal, socialists, and feminists have been screaming and crying, my body, my choice, in order to justify the premeditated murder of innocent children in the womb. However, this is a fallacious argument since science has proven and demonstrated that the baby has a separate set of DNA from the mother. If it's not your DNA, it's not your body. That is science, and you should trust the science. Remarkably, the same people who have been claiming my body, my choice for decades now want to force you to inject foreign substances into your body against your will. Obviously, they never cared about my body, my choice. They just wanted to control you and have permission to kill babies. I am Ammon Bundy, and when you elect me governor of Idaho, I will sign an executive order on day one of my governorship prohibiting abortion in the state of Idaho. Because premeditated murder of the innocent should never be legal anywhere in the world, especially Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org.
All right, back with you live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm convinced it's all a money game for these people. They claim that they can't absolve themselves of liability, and individually they can't. It would take government, because government's what puts this medical reality on every one of us. This control and consent by medical professionals licensed by your government with to-do and not-to-do solutions, regardless of what's best for your health, they don't care. It's driven by money. It's driven by government control and manipulation to the point where all the things that I'm talking about can't even really be discussed or you will lose your medical career. It will destroy you. But the doctors have told me, they said, Sam, for this third bout of COVID you're fighting, I'm telling you, you don't need ivermectin. Uh, I can prescribe it. You don't need some of these other medications that people have tried. They don't really work for this one. This one's too much like the flu and the cold and everything else. Your best bet is to get a lot of water, get a lot of sleep, eat nutritious foods, get a lot of vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. And then, Sam, you really should have either colloidal silver or oil of oregano. What do you have at home, Sam? We're not trying to cost you money. We're aligned with you. We want to keep you well. Anyway, so I say I got oil of oregano at home. They say, all right, Sam, here's what I want you to do. Put two to four drops of oil of oregano in an ounce of water and down that dude. And other people do that like three times a day, four times a day. And other people are like, well, Sam, put it in a capsule. That stuff tastes foul. It tastes gross. No, I'm learning why you do it the way they tell you. You put it in a capsule and it bypasses all your lungs and all your breathing and all your I don't know what term to use. I'm not a medical guy, but you pass all that. If you drink this oil of oregano, believe it or not, it acts as an incredible antihistamine. Ooh, makes sense for your lungs, doesn't it? Makes sense for your stuffy nose, your runny nose, your let's get a lot of that toxic stuff out of there, right? And so I'm doing this oil of oregano, and believe it or not, the second I started this oil of oregano, instantly I start breathing better. I start to be able to talk better. I start to get a real, get rid of a lot of this histamine that's got this stuffy nose and giving me a headache. I get all these things start to happen. I pretty soon start craving water, so I start drinking more water. Uh, the oil of oregano is brutal going down, though. It's like drinking whiskey or something. I mean, it burns going down, people. But you know what? There's an advantage to that because then you cough. And when you cough, since it's an antihistamine, a lot of this stuff starts coming up that you need gone. Okay, it's healing. And I can tell it and I can feel it. And then pretty soon, you're like, hey, I can breathe through my nose. Then you're like, man, my head's not hurting as bad. And then you're like, my goodness, I've got a little bit more energy. Well, I'll tell you the other interesting thing. They tell you to be quiet and just lay down and just, you know what? All medical advice, this is my opinion. All medical advice that they give you is the sooner you can get up and move around and go to the restroom yourself and eat yourself and breathe yourself and anything that your body can do autonomously, um, let it do. Anything you can do to encourage your body for taking over for things that it can do itself, let it. That's the way to healing. They always tell you that, but with COVID, they tell you just the opposite. They want you to be dependent. Why? Anyway, I'm telling you that I've been doing... I started with two because it's gnarly going down. Uh, but now I'm doing four drops of oil of oregano three times a day. And I'm telling you, it'll make your eyes water when you swallow that stuff. And you got to go, ooh, I mean, it's intense. And it makes you cough. 
but it cranks up that antihistamine capabilities, and you start getting to where your lungs start to feel better. Your lungs start to feel cleaner. You can start to breathe and take deep breaths. Oh, man, the breath of life is so valuable for healing, ladies and gentlemen. I can't begin to tell you. And so um, the other interesting thing is this. I believe that being on the radio actually helps me. You say, what, Sam? Yeah, I'm talking for two hours to share these things with you because I think it'll help people around the world. But I'm also on your radio right now as a healing mechanism because if I can talk straight for two hours in the middle of COVID, that's saying something, right? And I've been talking for straight two hours. I don't have a guest. I don't have um, any sound bites. I've got your normal commercials so I can go to the restroom and get a drink of water and stuff like that. But I'm literally in the middle of COVID this time, able to talk to you for two hours straight. Most people can't talk two hours straight in their entire life. And I don't say that to say that I'm more important than anyone else. I say that to tell you that these doctors, these heroes, these medical professionals, these heroes that are willing to tell us what to do that really works are heroes. And I'm here to show you that, you know what, this is my third bout with COVID. And I get that Omicron or Omicron or whatever is supposedly more mild. I understand all that. But imagine me who almost was dead. Imagine me who have all these different prolonged um uh, what's the word i'm looking for prolonged covid symptoms they call it long haul or whatever covid um i'm getting over those symptoms i'm doing better now i still have my neck problem i still have the uh, severe cervical spinal stenosis and it may paralyze me that's what the physicians say uh, but the alternative people say it will be painful, but you probably won't be paralyzed, Sam. You, you can survive it if you do the right things. And the right things are to adjust uh, your neck and spine using the atlas, your first vertebrae, the, right near the brainstem as the solution. So I'm trusting an alternative medical professional to give me guidance. But I'm telling you that I'm getting stronger. I'm doing better. And I bring that up because... Folks, understand that I believe there are solutions. I believe that there are solutions way different from what the government's telling you, and I'm here as living proof to tell you they work. Well, now the government is telling you something else that seems strange. <clears throat> They're telling you, hey, vaccine and mask mandates are being dropped precipitously across the United States. That's right. As the campaigning for this fall begins to heat up, right? And so you say, well, why would they drop vaccine and, and mask mandate requirements? Why would they do that? What's up with that? Well, you're right. There is something up with that. They know that it's bad for elections, and so they want to back away from that so they can get elected. Also, they say the number of deaths of so the number of COVID cases is dropping rapidly, Right? That's all true. Uh, but you'd say, well, hey, some might say the U.S. is returning to normal, to normalcy. But ladies and gentlemen, a new report in Forbes magazine suggests that new normal may require digital vaccine passes to be used to travel, to access venues, and much more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, they call it a national vaccine pass. 
It's quietly rolled out, and red states are getting on board, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious. So now you're learning why they're doing this. They're backing off on all these things because they know that they're going to push for a vaccination pass, not a passport, ladies and gentlemen. A passport would be mandated by your government. This isn't mandated by government. This is an option that they're providing for you. But the sad part is many, many, many Americans are going for this. They call it a new national vaccine pass. Quietly being implemented, 200 million already can access records, ladies and gentlemen. So 200 million already on this thing. Bob Unruh with WND.com has the article on this. This is serious indeed. But they say it's a national vaccine pass. It's not a passport. Because it's not forced. It's not mandated by government. It's something you can sign up for if you want to. What is it? It's a digital smart card virtual system. A national vaccine pass has quietly rolled out. And believe it or not, even red states are getting on board. So what they're going to do is relax everything to make you feel like things are normal. Then they're going to offer you. They're going to offer you this uh, pass system they say a paper cdc mandated card is not cutting it people are rejecting it say the reports but four more states are lining up their requirements now to adopt these all right here's the deal you can get these special cards with a qr code and when you scan the qr code ladies and gentlemen it brings up this report record on you either your vaccination status or your testing status or whatever the report charged that the product was a huge plus everybody's loving it many indoor cultural attractions and performance venues are now requiring vaccination and they say this smart health card right Think about it. They say it's been phenomenal. Every Canadian province is already using the system. As are Aruba, the Cayman Islands, Singapore, and Japan. Also, Kenya and Rwanda. Believe it or not, states are now offering their own portals to use these smart cards. Or they're hiring companies to do it for them. This is not a passport, they say. This is essentially a COVID card that you can get at your convenience. So they're backing away from forcing this on you. But the credentials will offer confirmation of vaccinations or a negative test at Walmart, Sam's Club, CVS, Walgreens, Costco, Kroger, tons of places. Will you be getting the national vaccine pass is the question, right? That's what's going on. And so they're backing off on all these things now because they realize force isn't the way to go. They know they'll lose. The harder they push, the more we resist, and they've seen it. So now what they're doing is they're playing the nice guy. We're going to get rid of vaccine mandates. Um, we're going to get rid of uh, forced this, forced that. Uh, we're not going to force masks anymore. We're going to back off on all that. However... Eventually, we're going to require this card. Businesses won't have a mandate to do it, but they can do it if they want to. 
And now that they've destroyed half the small businesses in America, big business is adopting this like you wouldn't believe. And so now the question is, are you going to get your COVID smart card, your COVID pass by choice? And what they're selling is freedom. The carrot is freedom. They're kind of saying, you can do whatever you want to, people. But if you want to watch this sporting event, if you want to go to this entertainment attraction, if you want to go to this college, if you want to come to this business, you're going to have to show your pass. It's voluntary. You can get it or not. But, you know, we're just saying the pass is required. And it's not a forced pass. You don't have to get one. Don't. Go ahead. Whatever. But eventually this pass will be mandated. They've already got 200 million Americans on this thing uh, in a variety of ways. And uh, it's growing stealthfully across the country. Anyway, I'm telling you all this because that's where they're headed next. Don't believe their lies. Everything they're doing literally points to tyranny. We've got to be wise enough. By the way, did I tell you that they're now admitting, ladies and gentlemen, blatantly admitting that, uh, let's see, let me find this. Vitamin D deficiency was linked to worse health outcomes for COVID-19 patients, including greater death. Yeah, so you need vitamin D. We told you so. They mocked us for it, but now studies prove it. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it's helpful for you. God save the republic.